Welcome to The Code Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Code Hanger is a show and a podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from Garingai Land in Point Clare on the central coast of New South Wales, and I am joined by... Lauren Hodson, and I'm coming to you from Gaimea in the Southern Shire, which is Darawal country. Tonight, we are reviewing the first round of finals for AFLW Season 8, and, well, the Swans beat the Suns to make it into the semifinals in their second season, having been winless in their first. So let's take a look at that game, shall we? It was pretty impressive, <clears throat> Fee. I, uh, I must admit, I missed the start of the game, but I was pleasantly surprised when I turned on. I thought, ooh, the Swans <laughs> are up here, and they maintained it. And, you know, sounds like a broken record, or we could use the same script every week, but usual suspects for the Swans, Chloe Malloy, uh, yeah. Laura Gardner, Tanya Kennedy, but the whole team, Lucy McAvoy, she even went forward at one stage and, and was a presence, like, it was really impressive. Beck Privatelli? Yeah, Beck Privatelli. Um, even though we've mentioned a few individuals there, um, and I shouldn't miss out on uh, Lisa Steen. In terms of disposal, she was a Swans third best, but it was a really good team game. Their pressure was great. They never let up. Um, you know, and, and they're interstate, you know. they. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really impressed. Um, yeah, the, the Swans played so good. And I saw um, someone in the crowd was trying to sledge Chloe Malloy. I, I'm pretty sure it was something like 2468, you can't kick straight. And then she's like, really? Yes, I did see about that. Watch this. And um, <laughs> I think the, the pro Swans crowd drowned them. That Whoever that was, they would have drowned any uh, sledging out, maybe not signs, because uh, in the last quarter the – uh, chant that we all know from the SCG, Sydney, Sydney. Yep. That was going up on the Gold Coast. So <laughs> i tell you what, you know you're doing well uh, if you're a Swans player and, and that's happening. But, um, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, the thing was, they, as I said, they maintained their performance, I thought, throughout the whole four-quarter Swans. They, um, yeah. You know, Suns got the, the first goal and were up early, but then the Swans mm. went bang, kicked four goals and were up by 20 points at quarter time. And um, they never really let up, you know, after that. They were sort of fairly consistent. And and whilst yeah. the Swans didn't get a goal in the last quarter, they um they defended really well. And uh, But, yeah, their pressure was good. It was just a really exciting game to watch. And, and when you think about the significance of the occasion, their first final, their first win, um, you know, onwards and upwards here for the Swans, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it? It really is just like a dream run. Yeah, well, I said it's <clears throat> amazing how well you can go when, um, you know, and I think Scotty Gowans and Chloe Malloy might have mentioned this before the game, but, you know, when you feel like you've got nothing to lose or no one else has expectations on you, um, you know, that can have a, a positive impact on your mindset. Yep, yep. Uh, the old being underest underestimated. 
Well, that's right. And just before we go on to the next game, because uh, you know I like my stats, the crowd mm-hmm. uh, for that Swans-Suns final at Heritage Bank Stadium was 2,710. Okay. Yep. It's good. It's not good enough, though. <laughs> we need more no. people. <laughs> Let's hope they get more to the next one. But we'll go that's through right. the other crowds as we go on. But uh, Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> final score was uh, Sydney 9-4-58 to Suns 6-5-41. So congratulations to the Swans. What an absolute cracker. This is Maddie Collier and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Now let's have a look back at, uh, so that was the, actually the second game on Saturday. First game on Saturday was Crows versus Lions and the Lions got up by just two points. It was not a... Hugely high-scoring game, but my goodness, the um, the pressure was there. The pressure was there, and <clears throat> as you said, yep, not high-scoring, but I tell you what, the pressure in the contest and how hard both teams are at the ball, that's what you want to see in finals. That's what you expect. And I think over the eight seasons of AFLW, that's what we've come to expect from the clashes between these two teams. Yes. Um, I must admit, I picked the Crows. I thought they'd win by two or three goals. Uh, but the Lions, they um, they just proved too good. They got a good start on the on the Crows, uh, yeah. you know, um, and then the Crows sort of picked it back by the time we got half time. And it looked like in the third quarter, oh, you know, they, they might break away a bit and then the Lions pegged them back. But, uh, look, it was everything you could have hoped for in a final. Definitely the the, the best of the, the four games, um, I think, in terms of the contest. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was absolutely, you know, fantastic. As I said, people hard at it. Um, and, you know, you know, Lions to get up, get behind and and then come back. I'm just having a look at. Uh, you know. Well, they were neck and neck at the end of uh, at three quarter time. So well, that was it. And at once, I was thinking, "Geez, we we might have our first drawn final and have to go into a a bit of OT." Um, I should be remiss not to mention Aloise Jones of the Crows kicked four goals. Fee, um, right? And she had seventeen disposals, seven marks, four tackles. So she had a you know a, a pretty good game. wasn't just kicking goals. Mm. Um, Oliver O'Dwyer and Dakota Davidson, they kicked two each for the, the Lions. Um, possession getters, the, the Swans, the Crows dominated possession getters. They had the top, I'm just looking at it now, I think seven possession getters. Yeah. Um, you know, usual suspects, Ebony Marinoff and Ann Hatchett on top with 25. But uh, I think that goes to show you how even it was across, particularly for the Lions, Mm. Um, you know, and an efficient use of the ball by them. Um, the Lions actually had a lot less disposals. Um, you know, it was two fifty six disposals, I think, to one ninety two. Um, and they had less inside fifties. So, you know, we often comment that stats can say a lot of things, but uh, when you got less of the ball and less inside fifties, it shows you that the Lions were um using it more efficiently, particularly when they they got it in their uh, 50-metre arc. Yeah, well, it, it, even just looking at that fourth quarter, uh, the Crows had four shots on goal, four scoring shots, um, 
and all of them were behinds and that was the difference because the Lions only kicked one scoring shot and it, it happened to be a goal. <laughs> that's right. And, that was the yeah. difference. Well, that's you know, right. And the other six thing... points versus six points with one scoring shot yes. versus four points from four, four scoring, scoring shots. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, I think we've spoken about it a few times this season, the amount of scoring shots. The Crows had 12, the Lions had nine, and the Lions won. Yeah. So, you know, less scoring shots, but you win. Um Inaccuracies definitely cost you there. There's there's no lying about that. <laughs> yeah. <There's, laughs> did you really say that? There's no lying about that. That's right. <laughs> well, I thought that one might have slipped through nice to the one. keeper, but you never no, know. No, it right? didn't. No, it did not. That's a bit of mixed meta- metaphors and mixed codes. Hey, it's Elise Parker here, and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Okay, so... The first game on Sunday, uh, Cats against Essendon. Look, Essendon put up a good fight. I think they've um, they they can hold their heads high, but um, I don't think anyone was surprised that the Cats won. No, um, I think this might have been the game that we agreed on with our tips yep. last week, <laughs> um, and it probably was about the margin we both thought. Uh, it did look like, in particularly. Um, you know, at three-quarter time, I thought, oh, geez, this could be a bit of a blowout here. But, you know, to Essendon's yeah. credit, and in finals, when it's an elimination final, it can if you're getting beaten by quite a bit, it can be easy to sort of drop off at the end because you don't have next week to play for. You don't have finals as a possibility. But to Essendon's credit, they didn't drop off. They held the Cats scoreless, and they, you know, kicked three goals to themselves. So... Not obviously they're going to be disappointed with the result, but how they finished it, um, you know, uh, there's positive signs. But yeah, the cats. I That's mean, huge. I, do you know, I hadn't noticed that. I was looking at the fact that uh, Essendon were um, scoreless in the third, but yeah. they kept the cats scoreless in the fourth. That's really impressive. Well, that's right. And even looking at the the third quarter, they said Essendon scoreless. They still restricted the cats to only two behinds. Mm. So, you know, a, a couple of things, you know, a couple of goals difference in that that third quarter, different game. But uh, you know, like, and I, I hate that term, but credit to the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got a good start, didn't they? Three, four, so twenty-two to one behind in the first quarter. Um, and yes, we've had many more. You know, I think across the season. We've seen higher scores in AFLW, but when you're down by 21 points at quarter time, um, like that's a you know that's a, a decent margin to try and um, come back from. So, but look, the, the Cats, as I said, did um, absolutely you know fantastic um, in terms of goal kickers. Uh, Matty Prespargas for the Bombers got two. Um, mm. Maloney from the the Cats got two. Bonnie Toogood. Uh, one Georgie Prasparkas, uh, her sister might have got more goals than her, but uh, I think she'd be pretty happy with one goal and a finals win. And there's a few other cats, Parry, Amy McDonald got one each. Chloe Shear also got one, except she's going to miss their uh, their their semi final feed because it looks like she's uh, got a fracture of her collarbone. Yeah, 
And I, I know a little bit about that, Loz, and it's not nice. It's not no, nice at all. It doesn't sound pleasant. It's not what uh, you'd be wanting at any stage, let alone, you know, in the start of the finals. Mm. Uh, I just do want to mention that uh, Georgie Presspark has had 23 disposals. Yes. So she's she's always a, a bus- busy lassie. She is. <laughs> and um, I'll mention the uh, the crowd figures. Yes. This uh, this game, and I, I will also mention for the other one I missed, but Geelong and Essendon, they had the best crowd figures of the, uh, the final so far, 6,678. And um, I did forget to mention it, but for the Lions and Crows at Norwood Oval, that was 4,209. Right. Yeah, so th- those figures are better. Um, we just, we really do need more people. I, I'm pretty sure I read that we did not get enough people, uh, enough of a crowd at, at the games for the AFL to agree to increase the um the length of the season that was yeah the, I think they had to the average agreement. what was it three and a half or something regardless of what it was we didn't hit the trigger but uh, yeah look hopefully that'll spur people on to attend more games next season I hope so yeah you know and maybe the clubs I mean I think most of the clubs do a terrific job but uh, you know maybe they'll have to rethink how they attract people to games so that they can you know hit those triggers. Yeah, I find it interesting that um, even though it's being held in a cooler climate than than originally, it's still very hot by the time we get to, to the end of the season uh, and there are a few games that, um, yeah, I didn't want to go to because it was too hot. And that sounds a bit wuss-baggy, I know, but um, if you've gone through some health challenges as we all know I have um something like the temperature does affect me much more than it used to so yes. I don't I mean I don't think the AFL can do anything about that no, but, not, but it's, <laughs> it's an interesting one isn't it because you know the idea is they're trying to get AFLW to have the you know as they term it clean air yeah. For most of its season. But I think maybe there's, given that it starts at the end of the men's season, I wonder if there's a little bit of footy fatigue with some people going, you know, I'm an AFL fan first and foremost, regardless of whether it's a men's or the women's comp. But by the end of, you know, a 24-round season plus men's finals and a buy-in between, um, you know, I wonder if people get a bit fatigued and they think, oh, I'm looking forward to the cricket, the tennis, whatever it is, whereas in that first season, obviously the hype of the first season, and yes, it was hotter, but it wasn't, you know, people are, okay, I've had a couple of months off AFL, I'm ready to get back into it, this is my hit. Um, mm. And it'll, Who knows, it'll be interesting once we start getting more games, whether it is brought more in line with the, the current men's season, but I guess time will tell. Yeah. I do... Recall that that year when we had the double season, I was absolutely shattered. I yeah, last year was a big year, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm Lisa Steen, and you're listening to the Coat Hanger. Okay, so let's have a look at what I think we can safely say was the biggest surprise of the weekend. 
because North Melbourne kangaroos shat all over the Melbourne Ds. That's probably the nicest way I've heard it described in the last 24 hours. It's... Um, <laughs> I will say really? I I tipped yeah. the I tipped the kangaroos. By no means did I think they were going to do this. I thought you know mm. maybe a two goal margin at most. And what what was the margin in the end? It was what do we got? One goal three nine forty one. That's and that's in a final like yeah. That's <clears throat> yeah. No one surely no one would have predicted that margin fee. No. Not in a month of Sundays, Loz. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it was a pretty poor Sunday for the Ds. And <laughs> you were looking at um, some of the stats sort of before. Loz, they are recording. shocking. And here's why they're shocking, because they are so even, Stevens, it's not funny. Let's start with disposals, okay? Demons, 243. Kangaroos, 248. Inside 50s, Ds, 35. Roos, 33. So what does that say? Terrible efficiency once the D's actually got inside 50. Um, clearances, even Stevens, 32 apiece. When we get to marks, there's a little bit more of a, a margin there. So D's had 35 and Ruse had 48. Disposal efficiency. I thought that this would be where, um, where there'd be a big gap, but there isn't. D's 57.2, Kangaroos 61.3, Possession 36, D's to Kangaroos 41, and Free Kicks, D's 12, Kangaroos 13. Now, here's the big one. Tackles, D's 80, Kangaroos 104. So isn't that interesting? It is. And we often talk about tackles. You've got to look at them in the context of a whole other thing. But I think in this case, the more tackles that the kangaroos got shows that they were the ones putting the pressure on. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, they weren't doing more tackles because they were second to the ball, but their pressure was enormous. And, you know, one of the things I commented, um, you know, when we were having a chat off air was that, uh, you know, the thing that struck me was there were just so many occasions where at times the Melbourne players seemed to make fumbles, make mistakes, and I think that was because of all the tackling, all the pressure the kangaroos were putting on. Mm. Um, even when maybe the pressure wasn't there, they felt it was. You know, it was that yeah. pressure. And uh, pressure, tackle pressure, scoreboard pressure. It's all about pressure. <laughs> they, they need to uh, keep the pressure down. I feel there's dun, a song dun, dun, in that. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, see, I was thinking the different pressure, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like kangaroos, just so good, you know, and now they've got a week off. Yeah, so let's have a look at some player stats there, Loz. I'm going to give you. Music to my ears. You know <laughs> I do right. like my player stats. It's like ice cream before dinner. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Well, as Shaquille O'Neal says, you should have dessert before dinner. Uh, Talia Randall, three goals for the Roos. Bella Eddy, two. Alice O'Loughlin, one. Emma King, one. Alyssa Bannon was the sole goal scorer for the Ds. So the Ds had the equal top goal scorers. We know we made a big deal about that last week. First time we've mm. had a tie in eight seasons. Mm. And uh, neither of their top goal scorers. Uh, got it between the big sticks. 
admittedly, it, it looks like, you know, you look at the stats, they didn't necessarily have a lot of opportunity or when it was getting inside 50, it wasn't staying there. Um, if we look at disposals, though, uh, my favourite, Jazzy Garner, 26 mm-hmm. disposals. Surely, and I know this doesn't, final stats doesn't count for our voting, but surely with the season she's had, she's, you know, got to be up for the best and fairest this year. Um, Ash Riddell, again, she's dominating 23 possessions. Uh, Olivia Purcell was the Demons' best, tied with T- Tyler Hanks. They were both on 23. Um, and Emma Carney, I think um, she hasn't been forgotten, but because she's not, I guess, the the probably the, the best player in their, their team anymore, you know, you could almost say she goes a little bit under the radar, which yeah. some people will find that a strange comment. But, you know, her on-field leadership, what she does with it, I mean, and she's still got 22 disposals. Um, but, you know, she got, I think, 495 metres gained, which was, I think, might be the, uh, what have we got here, the second most on the field. Um, so she's a really smart player. She, mm. she played really well and... Uh, but, yeah, the ruse were just uh, – said even though the stats show they're pretty even, watching the game, um, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that the stats were that close, Fee. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was really surprised when I looked at those. Um, anyway, so that means that uh, ruse, as you say, they get a week off and the Ds have got to have another bite of the cherry. I'm Catherine Smith and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Now, look, before we have a look at next week, um, as we record, we're giving a little bit away about uh, the the inner workings here at uh, The Coat Hanger, but we're recording on a Monday night and it happens, just so happens that the Giants, GWS Giants, are holding their Gabrielle Trainer Awards Night tonight. So, Loz, can you give us an update on what we know so far? I can give you an update. Uh, so we will scroll down the page. Zali Goldsworthy, leading goal kicker. No surprises there given that we knew the stats going in. That's uh, right. So she Congratulations, that. Zali. That's right. Uh, we hear her name a few times already, so who knows? Maybe with more awards to come, but 13 yep. goals. Um, and here's hoping you, you get by with a little help from your friends. Uh, that's <laughs> next, that's next right. season. Uh, yeah, yeah. someone might lift her up. Nicola Barr had the defensive moment of the year from round six versus West oh. Coast. Uh, <clears throat> Jess, Jessica Doyle, goal of the year, round seven, seven versus the Saints. Uh, what have we got? Mark of the year to Brody Mal- Mowbray, and that came in round three versus Richmond. Zali Goldsworthy, the Members' Choice Award. Uh, Chloe Dalton, I think she might be a favourite of yours, Fee. She got the Community Award. And uh, Zali Goldsworthy again, the Rising Star. So that's from the AFLW list. We do have an Academy Player of the Year Award, and that went to Melanie Staunton. And I believe that she's down from the uh, the um, the the South Coast Juniors and plays for Ulladulla Dockers. So and, fantastic. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a few awards there. And if we get the uh, 
if we get the big one before the uh the um you know the show's over we can certainly um announce that but one thing i just want to quickly duck back just to round things out the crowded icon park for north versus melbourne was 5431 yeah look i think you could have done better melbourne i mean really 5000 mind you i know that they have removed some seating so i don't know how far how close to capacity they are with, with that number but if that was was that the only game in town yeah well the only game in was. melbourne wasn't it because the cats game was naturally at um in geelong yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. only game there, but uh, look, hopefully, uh, crowd numbers go up for both games this weekend. Speaking of, let's have a look at that. So, uh, I did see that the Swans tickets were went on sale earlier today, uh, but you've got a long way to go, unfortunately. That's right. I don't think Virgin and Qantas and Rex are probably going to jack up their prices. They flight. may not even so notice. You, might, that's, you may grab a bargain, Swans fans. Go get for across it. across to uh, Adelaide. And uh, I'll tell you what, haven't been there, but Norwood Oval, it looks like a pretty nice place to watch a footy from. Pretty sure I've been to Norwood Oval um, to see Giants play Adelaide a few years ago. Uh, so Adelaide are first on the ladder and Swans are eighth on the ladder. Well, you know what? Stuff it. I'm going for swans all the way. Let's do it. That's right. First happened once. They might <laughs> win their first semi-final. They won their first final last week. They'll win their first. Look, I think the Crows Let's will Let's knock, knock the Crows off their perch. There, Look, I said might. it. They might. I do think the Crows will win, though. Um, they didn't. Look, it was a very close game. Uh, you know, a bit of inaccurate kicking goes the other way. The Crows would have beaten the Lions. So I think the Crows are going to have it. But I tell you what, I'm really excited to see um, to see how this game unfolds. Uh, regardless of the result, I can't – Sydney are going to fight for it. They're not going to give in, no. which is what you want to see. And, you know, um, not to discredit them, but they're going to go in as underdogs. And, mm. and I think that kind of – I think the Swans like the fact that they're going in as underdogs and, you know, it gives them a bit of motivation, um, you know, and I think they've reflected on that throughout the year that, you know, maybe other teams, fans don't always expect much of them so they, they want to go out and prove them wrong. Yep. So I think it might be a bit hard to prove people wrong this week. Yeah. Okay, so what do you reckon uh, on Sunday, Melbourne versus uh, Cats? I'm uh, I'm going to go for Melbourne for this one. This is a bit of a, a tough one because, um, I mean, Melbourne clearly not, not too much form. But, yeah, I, I think I'll go for the Ds because, uh, yeah, I think they'll get there, but it should be a close one. Yeah, it'll be great to watch. This is Ayla Sheeran. For the best harbour views in women's footy, tune into the Coat Hanger. Uh, okay, so any more updates on uh, Giants before we close out the show? We'll do a very final, what have we got? Okay, the Jacinda Barclay Fearless Award, uh, recognising the individual in each game that lives the team's values and plays in a selfless and fearless fashion, Sally Goldsworthy. Sally Goldsworthy, she's begged 
She's got a bag of awards. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Zali. I'm really pleased that we managed to squeeze that in before we end the show. Uh, Jacinda Barclay was a friend of ours and we remember her very fondly and miss her. And uh, it's really great that they they honour her um, and, and we will continue to do so. This has been the first round of finals show of The Coat Hanger for AFLW Season 8. You know who we are. You know where to find us. Um, and so all I have to say is for the best hub of using women's footy, tune in to The Coat Hanger. <laughs>